The following program was produced for the Focus on the Family daily radio broadcast, featuring psychologist and author Dr. James Dobson. Here now to get things underway is former Focus on the Family co-host Mike Trout. Do you remember the children's story about the little engine that could? He had the formidable task of pulling a load of boxcars up a mountain, and he repeated to himself over and over again, "I think I can. I think I can. I think I can." And he eventually succeeded. Well, today on Focus on the Family, we're going to hear from a man who was determined to be used by God and go against the odds. He thought he could, and he did. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm Mike Trout, and our host is author and psychologist, Dr. James Dobson. Doctor. Mike, there are some people who are so unique in their personalities and uh, whose stories are so interesting that they grab you the first time you、mm. hear what、mm-hmm. they have to say. And we're going to feature、uh, such a person today,、uh, a man who's going to be sharing、uh, a message that I believe will leave a lasting impression on our listeners. I reviewed this tape last summer when I was on a treadmill one morning. And、uh, I can't wait to hear it、yeah. again. You're talking about Mr. David Ring, who has cerebral palsy and delivered a message, gave his testimony during、uh, Founders Week at、uh, Moody Bible Institute, and someone got in touch with us and said we ought to share this, and that tape found its way to you,、um, and so we're going to present it today. Because of David's cerebral palsy, his speech is a little tough、That's、to、right. understand.、Yeah. But he, he shares what he he has to say with such humor and such emotion, and such spiritual depth that you just get pulled into it. And I think very shortly the the difficulties of speech disappear. That's really true. You get used to. Hearing、mm-hmm. him after just、yeah. a few minutes, and、uh, it is worth tuning in to、oh, his、sure、words because、right. he has something to say.、Uh, David Ring speaks to more than two hundred audiences and a hundred thousand people each year. He's authored a book、uh, called "Just as I Am." David Ring also、uh, has done a video called "The Life Story of David Ring."、Uh, Mike, that's all I want to say about him at this、uh, stage because there are a few surprises in store for our listeners as we go along. I just ask、uh, them to listen with、uh, their ears as well as their hearts, and、uh, I assure you, this is going to be、uh, a tape that, that people will be blessed to hear. Take your seat in the Moody Church during Founders Week and listen along with us. I was born to lose, born dead for eighteen minutes. The oxygen couldn't get to my brain. That's why I walk with a limp. That's why I talk like I do because of cerebral palsy at birth. Story number one. When I was eleven years old, a little boy. My daddy got sick.、Uh, 19, November 1964, my my daddy died with cancer of the liver. Story number two. Well, I'm the baby of the family. I I'm the baby of eight. And when I came along, they spoiled me water. Nah, I'm nothing but spoiled water, but 
and I love every minute of it. <laughs> My mama gave me everything I wanted, and sometimes she even gave me things I don't want. You know what I mean? But I love my mama. I, I'm not only the baby of the family, but I'm a, a number one mama baby boy. You can tell by looking at me, I'm a mama boy, because I got that mama baby face. And hey, if you make fun of me, I'm going to punch your lights out. Every morning, my mom and I get up before I'm away and we just, we tell each other we love each other. Nothing wrong with loving your mama. Amen. I, I think everybody needs a mama love. Everybody needs a mama touch. They, they have something very special about my mama. And I'm not ashamed to tell you, I... I will be a, a number one mama baby boy until the day I die. Why? Because I love my mama. Amen. One day in my life, though, my mom got sick. The woman I love, the woman I adore, the woman I wise up every morning and called blessed. She went in the hospital the day before Monday, Day, 1968, to have an operation on her neck. A simple operation, no big deal. But July, though, two months later, the doctor came to my, my family and, and, and said, your mama will never come home again. She had cancer. She had six months at the very, very moment to live. I thought, oh, no. Not my mama. My mama can't die on me. My, my mama shields me. My mama protects me. My, my mama, the only one that loves me, judges the way I am. My, my mama can't die on me. Can she? But in October 1968, God took my mama. The only one that loved me, judged the way I am. And I saw my precious mom go from 185 pounds to 57 pounds. Strike number three. I didn't want to live, I wanted to die. If I couldn't live with my mama, 
I did not want to live at all. Eh? Everywhere I went, somebody would point their finger and said, Look, the boy walked from the look, the boy came down and talked from the look. Eh? I couldn't go home to my mama. Eh? I couldn't say, Mama, somebody made fun of me. But today she couldn't pour her arm around me and make it all better. People look at me. I, I would lay in bed every day, every night with tears rolling down my face, begging to die. Why? Because I was lonely. Why? Because I was longing to be in my mama's arms one more time. I, I thought if I, could, if I only could climb up in my mama's lap one more time, if I only could feel my mama's loving arms one more time, mama would make it better, but, but those days never came. You remember that song we sung when we were a little boy or little girl? Uh, whoa, 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 your boat. Gently down the stream. Mainly, 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 mainly. Life is but a dream. Only one problem with that. Everybody got to wake up one day. And I woke up. And when I woke up and, and, and I, did, I felt like nobody loved me, I told my family, give up on me. Everybody gave up on me, but one sister, she encouraged me. She wanted me to go to school. I didn't want to go to school. I hated school. It's no fun to walk down the hallway and let somebody laugh at the way I walk and let somebody laugh at the way I talk. It's no fun to walk down to a bus stop uh, every morning and every time I open my mouth trying to be friendly. Oh, oh I wanted somebody to be my friend. Oh, oh I wanted somebody to uh, love me just the way I am. Oh, oh I wanted somebody to put their arm around me and, and say, it's going to be okay. But, but every time I open my mouth, somebody will point their finger in my face and call me retarded. And every other name that go with their ear hurts, folks. I told my sister, give up on me. I, I'm hopeless. I'm worthless. I thought nobody loved me. I thought God was against me. Just give up on me. She said, no, I'm not going to give up on you. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with you yet, but I'm sure not going to give up on you. Thank God for a stubborn sister. Amen. She wanted me to go to church. I didn't want to go to church either. I, I've been brought up in the church. My, 
Man, the preacher, I'm the preacher, yeah. I, I know the lingo, I, I even know John 3.16. But John 3.16 don't make any sense. It's one thing to stand behind the pulpit and on Saturday morning and say, For God so loved her that he gave the only begotten. Oh, that sounds so good and wonderful, don't it? But it's another thing to wake up every morning with tears rolling down my face and say, God, do you love me? God, if you love me, why do you take away my daddy? God, if you love me, why do you take away my mom and God? If you love me, why do you give me a quick body? God, if you love me, why are you becoming God? If you love me, why are you so angry with me? God, if you love me, why are you breaking my heart every time I turn around? God, if you love me, we all you when I need you the most. People look at me. I don't know you, but but I know one thing for sure: that most of you, if not all of you, have asked the same question: Have you? I guarantee you, people, if I will open up your life today, I will find something way down deep crying out, God, if you love me, why, why, why? We got the mentality of God. God is against us. I've been there, folks. And nobody understands your storm quite like you do. But one night I went to church just to get my sister on my back. <laughs> she been on it long enough. Every time she climb off. And that night I went there, I'd sit down and, and the preacher got up to preach and I'd say, man, I I wish you would shut up. You've been there too, huh? <laughs> and that night the bridge shut up, okay, but, but look at me, people. Something happened in my life that changed my life forever. The Lord Jesus spoke up. And the Lord came to me and knocked at my heart. It said, David, I, I'm standing at your heart knocking. If you only listen to me, open the door, I will come in and I will fellowship with you forever and forever. And that night I, I got up on my seat, came down to a old-fashioned got down on my knees and I said, Lord Jesus, here I am. If you really up there, if you really love me, come into my life. I, I'm a lonely, crippled boy. I, I'm a nobody, but tonight 
album to be a somebody. Hallelujah, people. April 17th, 1970, at 8.45 p.m., I became a somebody because Jesus came into my life. For the first time in my life, I felt like God loves me just the way I am. God God took away my old thing and gave me new thing. God God took away my loneliness, gave me happiness. I'm not lonely anymore. I'm happy. You know why? Because I've been to the doctor. Doctor Jesus, pretty good doctor to go to. Amen. Number one, you don't have to wait in a lobby for two hours. God took away my soul and gave me joy unspeakable and full of glory. Look at me, people, look at me. I'd still walk with a limp. I'd still talk funny, but oh, the joy that floods my soul because Jesus touched me and made me whole. I'm not the same anymore. I've been changed by the power of God. I've been touched by the old time religion. It happened to me over 25 years ago. And you know what? I'm not over yet. I don't. I don't want to die. I want to live one because I got something worth living for. People look at me. It's not what we are on the outside. It's everything we are on the inside. People come up to me and say, Brother Dave, don't you want to be normal? And I look at them, I'd say, what's normal? You think you're normal? (sighs) You got a long way to go, buddy. And some of you not going to make it. Amen. I don't want to be normal. I want to be just like God made me. Let, let me tell you something that blow your mentality down the tube. That God knew me before I was even born. And when I was in my mama's womb, God ordained me. The Bible says I was wonderfully and fearfully made by God. Do you know God never said, oops? 
God never said oops. Now by looking at some of you, it came real close. But I thank God for the way I am. I will not try bother with any one of you. I thank God for walking with a limp. I thank God for talking funny. It's a privilege to talk funny. When I'm in public and open my mouth, people look. When you open your mouth, they just keep on going. I thank God for shaking. I love to shake. Everybody can shake. The only people can watch it People with cerebral party. <laughs> You'd say, David, how can you make fun of people like that? I'm not making fun of nobody because I am one. But people look at me, look at me. I, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. My feeling, it's not on my sleeve. I thank God for the way I am. Contentment, contentment, contentment. It's not getting what you want, it won't what you got. I thank God for what I got. Huh? They tell me I'm a cripple, but the Bible tell me I'm more than conqueror. They tell me I'm a nobody, but I got news for those jaybirds. I'm a somebody. I've been bought with a pride. I'm a child of the king. I've been adopted in the family of God. And hallelujah, my name is written in the land. <laughs> he has a message for those jaybirds, doesn't he? That's David Ring. Uh, David is addressing a group during Founders Week at the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And, uh, Doctor, he reminds me of a race car taking practice laps. I mean, he's just revving up. He's just getting going, and we're going to hear more. We are. We've heard only the first half of this message, uh, but I love this tape, mm-hmm. Mike. And uh, it is what I was feeling when I was on that treadmill last summer listening to this tape. Uh, there I am in a public gymnasium alternately crying and laughing uh-huh. as I listen to, uh, to this tape. The indomitable spirit of this man, David Ring, should speak to everyone out there who suffered from a physical or an emotional handicap and just refused to surrender to the temptation to despair because that's where those kinds of feelings and those pressures lead. Um, Mike, I'm reminded of a broadcast that we did recently with author Frank Peretti. 
uh, about the pain that was inflicted on him when he was growing up. I'll never forget that message. Uh, children took advantage of Frank and poked fun at him because he was so small for his age. And he had gone through numerous surgeries uh, during his childhood to remove some tumors, uh, one of which caused his tongue to stick out. And uh, he referred to himself as, as a monster. He felt that way and was called that. And it was just a very difficult time for him trying to make it through school. I have a transcript from that talk uh, that he gave before a large group of young people. In fact, to our Life on the Edge uh, mm-hmm. uh, seminar group that uh, had been held recently. And this is what Frank Peretti said, quote, Maybe you're the one that lies awake at night dreading every morning because of the people waiting for you at school. They have a name for you. It's not your real name. It's the one they gave you. It's something that labels you as inferior, ugly, or stupid. You know there are others whom you don't even know, and they don't even know you. But they know that name, and they call you by that name. And they've never bothered to ask you what your real name is. It's their mission in life to take away your dignity. They spit on you. They spill their drinks on you. They trip you and they knock the books out of your arms and they stomp on your ankles from behind. It doesn't matter what you wear. They laugh at it. If you own something, they steal it. They tear it. They destroy it. And in P.E. class, what a perfect opportunity because then you're in close proximity and all the activity is physical. And it's a perfect time to take physical advantage of you because you're smaller, you're weaker, or maybe you're not so great an athlete. So they decide they will push you and shove you and throw you and kick you and trip you and molest you. That's the end of the quote. But Frank was uh, trying to offer hope and encouragement to those who had been there. Mike, I lose patience very quickly with those who deny that there are children, vulnerable children out there who are being treated just mm. as we heard mm-hmm. here. And to think that somehow that does not assault self-worth. To think that uh, a child, a vulnerable little child who hasn't done anything yet with which to compensate, a child who has no answer to the question of who am I, uh, is somehow impervious to these harsh words and behaviors that are thrown at that youngster because of some accident of birth or some characteristic that makes other children reject him or her. Uh, My heart lies right there. It's why I wrote the book Hide or Seek many years ago and and more recently the new Hide or Seek to deal with this kind of thing. Now, we're going to hustle on to the second half of this program next time. And I do urge our listeners to be with us because uh, there is more wisdom and pathos and ethos Mm -hmm. and empathy and every emotion um, evoked by what we're about to hear next time. And that concludes the material on day one of this program from Focus on the Family. Now, here's day two. Mike, we heard the first half of an outstanding message last time from uh, Mr. David Ring, who's been speaking to audiences all around the United States for over a quarter of a century now. He's in great demand and for good reason. He speaks to more than 200 audiences every year. And it's remarkable enough for someone to do that for as many years as he has. But what is uh, 
truly amazing is that David was born with cerebral palsy, uh, which has made it quite a challenge for him to speak at all. Uh, But he hasn't let that or anything else stop him from doing what he thinks God wants him to do. And uh, our listeners are going to get a taste of that Mm -hmm. determination again in a moment. Yeah, He he shared uh, on the last broadcast that both of his parents died while he was still living at home. Uh, So he faced a very difficult future without them handling that cerebral palsy. Uh, In fact, he lived with several families before he was old enough to be on his own with um, really no place to call home. And it's difficult to imagine that added pressure in a life that's already filled with struggle and difficulty. And it was one of his sisters that planted a seed of hope in him and urged him to get involved in church again, Mm. which he'd been away from for Mm -hmm. quite a while. And that led him to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pick up where we left off, Mike, and we'll make some comments at the end. All right. David is speaking to a group in Chicago, Illinois, Founders Week uh, for the Moody Bible Institute. We'll join him midway. They tell me I can't do anything, but the Bible says, with God all things are possible. They tell me I will never be a preacher, but I am. I'm preaching my guts out, man. 1971. God called me to preach, laying in bed when I'm in my own business. And God said, David, I want you to preach. I'd say, oh, me? Lord, I can preach, Lord. I talk funny, Lord. People can understand me, Lord. I held cerebral palsy. Can you imagine me telling God, I held cerebral palsy? I got funny feeling God said, really? You've got to be kidding. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know, big boy. And I said, God, if you want me to preach, take a second look and then call me. He took that second look. He still called me to preach. And I got out of my bed, got my Bible, turned it open to Philippians 4.13 which say I can do all things through which strength of me. And people look at me, I'm not going to let a shaky body slow me down from doing what God called me to do. Now look at me. Look at me. I have so we proxy. Watch your problem. Watch your problem. Why are you crying the balloons? Why are you down with the dumb? Why are you down with the mouth? Why why, why do you want to quit? Why, why do you want to throw in the town? Look at me. Uh, uh, what's your problem? Don't whine, but shine. Don't whine, 
but shine. Say that with me. Don't whine, but shine. Say again. Don't whine, but shine. One more time. Don't whine, but shine. Don't you think it's about time to get the lead out? And put the Lord in. Don't you think it's about time to get off your blessed assurance? (laughs) Don't you think it's about time to get all dead center in your life? Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. God gave you a healthy body. Look at mine. I'm weak. I'm frail. I can't even say Jesus. Plain. What's your problem, a healthy man? What's your problem, healthy women? What are you doing in your life? Don't whine, but shine. They told me I would never make it in evangelism. 1973, God called me into evangelism, and preachers told me I would never make it. I only been doing it 23 years. <laughs> I, I may not make it. They said, David, yeah, you, you will never get enough invitation to shake it, stick at. But last year alone, I received in my offers. In Orlando, Florida, over 700 invitations. When when I get a little bit more invitation, I'm going to go full time. God don't want my ability, but God wants my availability. That's the only thing I do for a living. I'm not on a church staff. I'm not on a church payroll. I go from town to town, from church to church, all over this country. And and people, I, 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 I... uh, that's what I've been doing for 23 years. I, I speak over 200 times a year. They told me it can be done. I won national television. I've been on nationwide TV for over six years. On the fallway of the old time gods per hour. And one day I 
I got on nationwide TV and, and I told a bunch of people who, who told me I would never make it. I said, nah, 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 nah. I wonder what they're doing now. Look at me. I, I love when men said no way because God said stand back, boys. Let me take over. It's not by power. It's not by mind. But by God's power, let us. It's much when God is in it. Don't ever judge a book by its cover. They told me I would never finish college, but I did. I claimed four years of college in the five. <laughs> they told me I, I, I would never find a wife. My own family told me that. They said, David, don't even look for a wife. Why not? No woman will love you. Why not? You're not good enough. Don't even look for a wife. You won't ever find a wife. You can't make a living for a wife. They, uh, you won't ever find a wife. Don't, don't look for a wife. But 1981, God found me a dynamite wife who loved me. Who loved me me, who prayed for me. She's not my slave, but she is God's precious gift. And I thank God every day for my little healthy wife. She is dynamite. We've, we've been married for 14 years now, and you know what? She loved me more and more and more. She loved me just the way I am. I told her the other day, don't ever think about leaving me. Don't ever think about leaving me. If you leave me, I'm going with you. I might be dumb, but not stupid. <laughs> but I thank God for my little healthy wife. Nothing wrong with her. She is beautiful. They told, they told me I, I would never be a daddy, but I am. No once, but full time. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? I'm a daddy to three little girls, one little boy. April Jane, 13. Ashley Dawn is 10. Nathan David, my little boy, my, my only boy, thank God. It's <laughs> seven, and my little baby, Amy Joy, five years old. People come up to me and say, Brother Dave, are your children normal? <laughs> Sometimes I think they got brain damage. 
If you don't believe in the power of God, look up, Bill. I came a long way, baby. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I know where I've been. I'm the one that lodged my mom. I know where I've been, but thank God I know where I am. God took away my mama. That loved me, judged the way I am. You know why God, God gave me five people that loved me, judged the way I am. My wife and four kids. I know where I've been, I know where I am, and I sure know where I'm going. And one day I'm going to look up and I'm going to see my mama. And my daddy again, won't that be neat? You'd say, do you mean your mama? Do you mean your daddy? Sure I do. I would love to go home Thanksgiving and eat mama good home cooking. I would love to call my mama up and say, I sure do love you today, mama. I would love to bring my daddy, to let my daddy hear me preach in Chicago. And, and after I preach, let my daddy tell me everything I did wrong. I, I would love that, but I can ever help that. But don't feel sorry for me, because joy coming in the morning. And not only that, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a brand new body. I'm not going to walk with a limp. I'm not going to talk funny. I'm going to walk and talk like Jesus. People, if you don't like the way I am, I hang in there. I'm still in the oven. God's still in the kitchen. God's still cooking on me. And when God get finished cooking on me, God's going to pull me out of the oven. And God's going to say, well done, good, and favor, suffer. But until then, until then, I'm going to keep on doing what God called me to do. There is a song I like to sing. 
after I share my life story, I love to sing this song because it sums up what I've been trying to share with you. Now, I'm not a singer. I'm a preacher. God did not call me to sing. God called me to preach. And after I sing, you're going to say amen. <laughs> Stick to preaching, boy. <laughs> but I love to sing this song because it's not coming from my lips. It's coming from way down with my heart. Now, John, make me look good. You'd say, what key do you want in? I don't care, big one. Because by the time we get finished, I'll be all over that keyboard. But people look at me. Let the song speak to you. Let the song touch you. Because you are looking at a 42-year-old man who had victory in Jesus. I heard the old, old story how a Savior came from glory how we gave it life on Calvary to save a wench like we I heard about its groaning of a pressure blood atoning then I repented all my sins and won the victory. Amen. Oh, victory. In Jesus, my Savior, forever. He shot me, then bought me. With its redeeming blood, he loved me. I knew him, man, all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing. Blood. I love that second foot. I heard about its healing. All oh, the cleansing power we feeling. How we made the lane to walk again. And caught the blind to see. And then I cried. Lord Jesus, come here, my boy, conspirate. And you know what, people, somehow Jesus came to me and brought to me the song 
I'll fake the weight Sing with me, everybody Oh, fake the weight In Jesus My Savior Forever Louder Louder What's your problem? (laughs) David Ring has uh, really challenged us for a couple of days now on Focus on the Family with a very straightforward question that each one of us can answer. When, When we're whining, when we're complaining, hey, come on, just how difficult is it? Really, mm-hmm. God can use you in an unbelievable way if you just submit to Him. What a message, Mike! Mm-hmm. Where does David Ring's optimism and enthusiasm come from? Given what life has thrown at him, you know, uh, many people would collapse in despair under those circumstances. <clears throat> but clearly, his enthusiasm is rooted in his relationship with Jesus Christ, who gave him his meaning and his purpose and his uh, promise of eternal life. Uh, Mike, I just feel like there are people listening to us today who need to hear some scriptural references that underlie what David was trying to say to us. First John 4, 4, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Second Corinthians 12, 9, But he, the Lord, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in what, Mike? In weakness. In weakness. Mm. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's what David Mm Ring was saying today. In John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I love that verse. (laughs) Mike, there are people out there listening to us who, as I said before, really needed to hear those scriptures and David Ring's message of encouragement today. And it's no accident 
that you, our listeners, were tuned in today, and I pray that you will leave your burden at the cross and claim victory in Jesus today. And with that, we've come to the end of this Focus on the Family program. We hope that this material has been helpful to you, and we encourage you to contact us with your questions or comments on this or any other family-related topic. Our address is Focus on the Family, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80995. And our phone number is 1-800-the-letter-A-and-then-the-word-family. That's 1-800-232-6459. Now, if you're in Canada, please write to us at Focus on the Family, Box 9800, Vancouver, B.C., V6B4G3. And the phone number in Canada is 1-800-661-9800. And thank you for listening.